It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Wednesday and over the hump we go. So, okay, couple of political stories right up front that we got to get to. And they're just, it's so hard to figure out politics sometimes. Today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper. Because life is, well, you, you need, I mean, life needs, okay, I, I, I don't know why you would need this. I have no idea, especially the spicy part. I don't want to be spiced down. That's kind of, yeah. Okay, so anyway, yeah, we've got the primary in Nevada, and that's not over yet, by the way, because there's still a caucus, which is what really counts. And then we have what happened in Congress last night with trying to impeach Mayorkas, and that got weird, too. Hang on. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So first, let's go to Nevada, because this is just historical. All right. Uh, last night, Nevada participates in their primary. Now, there's only one person on the ballot. Nikki Haley. If you're wondering why only one person on the ballot, well, this is where it gets really... Weird and stupid. I mean, just idiotic. Sorry, Nevada, but come on, guys. All right, so we start off with Nevada has as part of its laws that they have to do primaries. But the Republican Party got sick of the primary system and decided to do a caucus system. But the law says they still have to do a primary. So candidates can get involved in the primary, which either way is going to cost the state millions of dollars to hold a primary. That doesn't count. Because a candidate can win the primary. But that doesn't mean anything because they're not going to get any delegates out of it. Because the party, the Republican Party, decided to go caucus. So the useless primary that does nothing, even if you win it, even if the candidate wins it, does nothing. That was held last night. What really counts is the caucus, which will be held tonight, I believe. Tonight or Thursday night, one of the two. All right, so I'll read it into the story and we'll find out. All right, so that's the caucus is where someone can actually get the delegates necessary. So Nikki Haley is in the primary last night, and she's the only candidate. It's two choices if you're a Republican. You can vote for her. Or none of the above. She lost to none of the above. From Reuters News, I would go to Fox News on this, but Fox News started to do that thing where every time you want to read a story, you have to sign in using your email address and all that kind of stuff and jump through hoops. And I'm not doing that. So 
I I go somewhere else for these things. Reuters News, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley suffered an embarrassing defeat in Nevada's primary Tuesday, finishing behind ballots marked none of these candidates by supporters of Donald Trump. Haley, the last remaining rival for Trump for the Republican presidential nomination, was the only major candidate Republican requesting or contesting the party's Nevada primary on Tuesday. Trump was not on the ballot. He didn't even bother. He knows not to bother because he's not going to get any delegates out of this. Meantime, U.S. President Joe Biden easily won the Democrat nomination. Yes, there are people running against him. Biden won more than 70% of the votes. And Biden, of course, it talks a little bit more about him in general election. Okay. Former President Trump will secure all of Nevada's delegates in a separate caucus vote. Okay, Thursdays when they do this. And he moves closer toward clinching back-to-back wins in Iowa, New Hampshire, and so on. Trump did not compete in Tuesday's primary, which carries no weight in the Republican presidential nominating contest. Haley is not on the ballot on Thursday's caucus. Republican voters could mark their ballots, none of these candidates, in Tuesday's... Well, they did, but they could find a way to vote for her, but they probably won't in the caucus. With over two-thirds of the Republican ballots counted, Haley had 32% of the votes, with none of these candidates getting 61%. That is really embarrassing to lose to nobody. But okay, now we understand where Republicans stand in Nevada, and that will just be confirmed on Thursday. Now again, really embarrassing for Nikki Haley on that one. She's trying, and I've heard people say, oh, she just needs to drop out. Well, my attitude on that is, look, it's a free country. If she wants to keep running, she can. Uh, Fine, go ahead. Take it all the way to the end if you want. But to me, at this point, it looks like she really doesn't have much of a chance. Now, as I've always said, though, it's never over until it's over. So I know a lot of you looking at this going, come on, Trump has it. And I get what you're saying. I absolutely do. But... Not being a sports fan, i got to be careful here. For you sports fans out there, how many times have you seen a game where one team is dominating throughout the entire game and you know they're going to win, and then at the last minute something happens and the opposing team that has been losing this entire time pulls something out and they win? Okay. Which is why I look at Nikki Haley and I go, I don't think she's going to win this. I really don't think she is. However... I've witnessed stranger things happen, so I'm reserving any opinion really officially until it's absolutely over and Donald Trump is accepting the nomination. Nothing's over until it's all the way over. There have been some Republicans that even stepped up and said, well, what we should do is just go ahead and just nominate Trump now and just forget the rest of this caucus and primary thing. Well, again, I understand why they're saying that, but... It ain't over till it's over. So Haley will uh, probably continue to hang in there. It doesn't look like she wants to quit. And, and I will actually, I kind of admire her for that, even though I don't think she has a snowball's chance. But, you know, you hang in and fight to the bitter end. While there's still an inkling of a chance, go for it. I don't know what else she can say or do. The press is doing Trump's work for him. You know, the, the more the press and... Well, the more others in D.C., especially the establishment, attack Donald Trump, the more popular he becomes among Republicans. 
Let's see. Uh, Bill Hippie and LaGrange. How can she keep going now? And then he laughs. Jude and Mills, none of the above. Now, that's funny. And, yeah, it is. I mean, that's really an embarrassing loss there to lose to none of the above. I, I have to agree with Bull Hippie and LaGrange. How can she, not so much how can she go on, it, how can she sleep, actually, is what I look at. I wonder, at the end of losing to none of the above, she goes home or back to her hotel, whatever, and she's got to lay down and try to close her eyes and go to sleep, knowing that she just lost to none of the above. Oh, okay. Then in an, in the morning, though, she's the type of person that will find some new vigor. She'll get up in the morning and go, gosh, darn it, I'm pushing on. And she'll keep going. And I give credit to anybody who doesn't quit but just pushes on relentlessly. They always have, for me, a bit of admiration for they're just not going to quit. All right. Again, I don't think it's going to account for anything. And for those Trump supporters who just want her to go ahead and drop out, I don't think it matters if she does or doesn't at this point. Yeah, whether she does drop out or not drop out, I don't, I don't think it matters either way. What we do want, though, is we want to make sure that – and here's where Republicans, your Republicans, have to really be careful when it comes to the general election. Now, I know you're right away you're thinking, cheating, cheating. Well, hang on. I'm not just cheating. There's a large group of the American people out there who need to be convinced. You're convinced, but they're not on Trump. They don't like Biden either. But they don't like Trump. And they're trying to figure out what to do here. And those are the people that you got to reach. And you're not going to reach them by getting angry with them. But you are going to reach them by, I would say, just make a comparison of the two. Just show the results. What did Trump accomplish compared to what has Biden accomplished? Also, Biden's cognitive abilities or lack thereof. Welcome to the life of an adult child. You wake up, it's time for coffee. Take a shower, it's time for coffee. Go to work, it's time for coffee. Get fired, it's time for coffee. And by 5 o'clock, it should be time for coffee. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. 6.23 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, real quick, back to the Nikki Haley thing. Then I got something else to talk to you about. So, yeah, she runs in Nevada in the primary, which, again, doesn't make sense because you don't get any delegates. That's really stupid. If the Republican Party in Nevada decides we're going to switch over to the caucus system and Nevada's law says, yeah, but we do primaries. And so Nevada puts the primary on anyway, which costs them millions to do. <clears throat> What's really the point of that? And OK, I know the Democrats want to have their primary. This is one of the reasons I say, hey, government, get out of get out of it. Let the parties pick their own candidates in their own way. Just stay out of it. But OK. Nikki Haley loses. There's only her and nobody else on the ballot. So you have a choice. Vote for her or vote for none of the above. None of the above won. Thursday is when they have the caucus, and Trump is in the caucus. Nikki Haley's not. All right, that's just, the whole thing's just messed up. But all right, I.A.D. John, 
Glenn, to quote Yogi Berra, it ain't over till it's over, but you need to say it with a New York accent. Simple Man in Casper. Don't forget the movie Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor in it. Yes, it's been 30 million in 30 days. One of the things he does is run for mayor. He has an ad campaign for mayor. So was that the one where it was uh, him and it was called for none of the above? I haven't seen that movie in... In fact, I don't think I ever saw that movie come to the end. Okay, anyway. Chet and Yoder, none of the above should be on all the ballots. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, you could write in anything, anything you want. Now, in the past, let, let me back up for a minute. In the past, when we had Obama and Mitt Romney running, and Mitt Romney was the Republican candidate, and I wasn't going to vote for that. I lived in Massachusetts when Romney was governor, and I thought I, there's an R by his name. But he's a Democrat. Remember, he invented Romney care that became Obamacare. So I said, I'm voting third party. And people were saying to me, well, you know, a vote for a third party is a, it's a vote for Obama. No, they don't take my third party vote and give it to Obama. That, that's nonsense. Well, you're, you're not helping Mitt Romney. I don't want to help Mitt Romney. The question that you're being asked when you go in to vote is not who do you think is going to win. It's who do you think is the best person for the job. And sometimes the person you think who's best for the job is not going to be the winner. But answer the question, who do you think the best person for the job is? Who would you like to see? And mark that person. And I've had people say, well, you threw away your vote. No, I didn't. I didn't throw away my vote at all. I told you what I thought. I want this candidate. I don't want Obama or Romney are the same guy. I either have the Democrat running as a Democrat or the Repub- or the Democrat running as a Republican. So I, I'm i not going to pick either of those two. So I picked a third-party candidate. Now, after all these years, you take a look at w- what Mitt Romney turned out to be. I am completely vindicated in the whole thing. All right. Last night, also, it was yesterday late afternoon, which is nighttime for me. Okay, so here we have the vote to impeach Mayorkas. There were three Republicans who voted not to impeach him. And so it turned out to be a tie vote. Well, at the last moment then, Blake Moore from Utah, Utah, yeah, sorry, Blake Moore from Utah, that's better. He switched his vote to a no vote. And I'm confused at first. Why did he do that? Is there behind-the-scene politicking going on here? No, it's some idiotic procedural thing that was happening. So the idea is if it's a tie vote like that, then this thing's not going to be heard again. But if one or the other side has more votes, then they can bring the vote up again. So if, for example, the losing – in this case, the Democrats, if they win this with their no's, then it could be brought up again. If it's a tie, it can't be brought up again. Isn't it dumb? Well, okay. That's why Blake Moore switched his vote to a no vote. That way they can bring this up again. And once again, the Republicans cannot get something like this done. It's so easy to do, you would think. But they can't even get this done. And then I have to ask the Democrats, why would you not impeach Mayorkas? I don't understand. He was hired to do a specific job which he is not only refusing to do, but making damn sure that the opposite happens to the extreme. 
if that's the case, why would you keep him? Even Democrat cities, which virtue signal by screaming, we're a sanctuary city. It's easy to say you're a sanctuary city. Now try doing it. Doing it sucks. Even Democrat cities have had enough of this. Why would you not get rid of Mayorkas? All right, coming up on 630 local news. Coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I roll back into it after that. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six thirty-six of the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right. On voting, if you're just joining me, uh, yeah, Nikki Haley was in the Nevada primary, and she was the only one on the ballot on the Republican side, and she lost to none of the above by a pretty good margin, too. I just <clears throat> embarrassing. But all right, Tim and Casper says the problem is none of the candidates are good, which leaves us voting against instead of voting for a candidate. And that's true. What I was talking about was when Mitt Romney and Obama were running against each other, and Romney was the Republican pick. Well, again, I have two choices, the Democrat running as a Democrat or the Republican who is actually a Democrat. Yeah, The Democrat running as a Democrat or the Democrat running as a Republican. Those are my two choices here. I'll vote third party. Thank you. And so, yeah, in a lot of cases, people end up voting against, I'm not really for this guy. But I don't want that guy winning. I don't like either of my choices. So you pick the lesser of two evils. My big problem is, I've said before, I'm more of a libertarian thinker. I say libertarian-ish. Because there's a lot of things the Libertarian Party uh, likes and agrees with. But I think they go too far with it. So I'm not entirely in their camp. But I mostly agree with them. Problem is, whenever the Libertarians bring up candidates for political offices, the person tends to be a nutball. So philosophically, I agree with a lot of what they have to say. They're candidates, however, dear Lord. And so I often look at a guy, I can't vote for those people. Now, the Constitution Party, which is not well known, but if you look at the Constitution Party, they tend to be very good people and they tend to put up uh, good candidates too. They don't have any chance of winning because I've talked to some Constitution Party members even high up in the Constitution Party, why can't you guys get more traction? And a big part of it is because they have no idea how to campaign in the modern world. You're going to have to have a huge social media presence for one thing. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to have a huge social media presence. And that's one of the big things. In And I've talked about this before, I know. But here in Wyoming, I came across at one point the uh, guy who was at the time, this is a few years back, in charge of the Libertarian Party of Wyoming, the president of the Libertarian Party of Wyoming. And he was in Cheyenne, and it was during their farmer's market. He had set up a little table, and it really did look pathetic. He had a few flyers laying out and so on. And I walked over and introduced myself because I, I'm thinking, oh, there's a Libertarian Party in Wyoming? Oh, really? And I did ask him about 
website and social media presence and so on. They had a website, but someone forgot the password, and no one really understands how to use Facebook or other social media. And I told them flat out, you better get on it because that's how things are done today. That's where the audience is. You need to, well, you know, and and it's the same thing with the Constitution Party. They don't know what they're doing. So they don't get a whole lot of traction. They can't seem to get anyone's attention. So what a shame. And there are some very good people out there with other organizations. One that I liked when I first came to Wyoming, Wyoming Liberty Group is a think tank in Wyoming that has a lot of great ideas. However, Wyoming Liberty Group is, just has no idea how to actually get traction in social media. They really don't know how to get people's attention. They've tried multiple times, but they can't seem to get any traction because they can't figure it out. And they should just go ahead and hire a consultant who can do it for them. So these are some of the problems that we have here. What do you do if you're looking at, let's, let's focus on president for a moment. You're looking at a presidential candidate and you're, or well, let's go back to here in the state of Wyoming. Governor Gordon wins by a landslide in the last election. Why? Well, it was Governor Gordon. There were some people running against Gordon in the primary, but again, it's very difficult to get traction. Lee is in Laramie. These days, I just vote for the evil of the two lessers. Oh, okay, well, you can flip a coin and get that, I think, right? Yeah, okay, so when it came to Mark Gordon, it was him or the Democrat that was running. When it came to the general election, well, you're not going to vote for the Democrat, right? So you end up voting for Gordon. So he wins in a landslide. Anyone who was running against Mark Gordon in the primary, though, and there were some good people who were running. But again, if they're an unknown, even in a small state like Wyoming, it's very difficult to get traction first time out. All right. So here's uh, Nikki Haley going up against Trump. And Trump barely even has to try because he gets, look, any publicity is good publicity. In fact, I'm convinced the more people talk garbage about Trump, the media, the Democrats, the bureaucracy, the more they go after him, the more popular Trump becomes among conservatives. And so he's got that going for him. He's constantly in the news. The more they attack him, the more Trump supporters are just basically saying, screw you to the establishment. I'm voting for Trump. So Nikki Haley has a lot to battle for because she's just not going to get that kind of publicity. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is this time, but not the next three times. No, I'll be on the road again. I want to see if I can find that unusual animal in Edgerton. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Like an emu or something. Yes, someone told me it's an emu. Yeah, yeah. And I get some pictures. I did take some pictures of it, but I never wrote up a post of it. So if you send me some pictures, no, no, no. I don't. I don't don't want to even deal with them. Because oh, okay. he, he could bite me. No, well, no, you just stay away from him because he's behind a, a fence. It didn't look that way to me. It, it, no, he's behind a fence there. You can go ahead and pull in real quick and take a couple uh, of pictures there. Maybe okay. on the way home. Okay. Uh, now we know Frank is afraid of emus. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen or played the game Mortal Kombat? 
Yes. Okay. Now, I have seen it, and I've never played it, but I always kind of thought, okay, I mean, there's even been more Mortal Kombat movies out oh, there. Oh, man. Yeah. Somebody decided to go ahead and do, and this is a spoof, of course, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Mortal Kombat Disney. What, Mickey Mouse is going to okay, fight Daffy well, so Duck? Far, okay, I'm looking at two Disney princesses. Uh, beating the tar out of each other in front of the castle. We start with that. This is, in fact, this is a battle of like three different princesses here. Okay, here's Winnie the Pooh, and he's in the fight with the monkey from Lion King. And it is brutal. I mean, there's, there, oh, Tigger just, Tigger just got involved. Oh. oh, this is just absolutely brutal. It's a mob here. action. Oh, yeah. I mean, so they're they're going to all these different movies here with some of your favorite characters and going, okay, I like the Disney princess ones, though. And here's the Disney princesses, all of them with martial art weapons. And so now knives and clubs and things like this. Do you think that Disney's going to say, um, that is not what we intended not our characters exactly. to be Not exactly. No, doing? it's not. No. I probably, but anyway, pick your favorite Disney movies and characters, and that's what this spoof is. Now, I don't know. I think it's just an online video spoof, not actually for sale. Oh, okay. Anyway, but if it were, Frank, I might actually try playing Mortal Kombat because I would like to take the uh, Winnie the Pooh, right, and then just go to battle against God knows what. Pick pick some other Disney character. I know some young ladies who would like to take the Disney princesses. Yeah. Which, by the way, there's a whole... I thought Disney was very clever at this. There's so many Disney princesses now. They put together like a Disney princess club. Oh, I'm sure. And they, there, yeah. yeah, there's pictures. This is more than Snow White. Doll. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although, from watching the video here... Snow White can kick some ass. Excellent. All righty then. Men's college basketball, another poor shooting performance cost the Wyoming Cowboys. They lost at home last night to number 25, New Mexico, a big time 92-73 after a brick fest from the three-point land. Then their loss to UNLV on Saturday. The Cowboys were a measly 6 of 26 from the three-point line last night. And they shot just 28% from the floor. They were down 15 at the break. It's a game Wyoming never led. New Mexico rang up 51 points in the second half. Cowboys take two steps forward. Then they take two steps backward. They were five and five in Mountain West play, twelve and eleven overall. New Mexico is nineteen and four overall, seven and three in league play. UW has some time off. They won't play until Wednesday in Laramie against Utah State. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will host Utah State tonight in Laramie. UW eight and two in Mountain West play after a win over Nevada back on Saturday in Laramie. It wasn't exactly their best game, but a win is a win. Cowgirls are thirteen and eight overall tonight. Uh, is a winnable game from their point of view. Utah State is the worst team in the Mountain West at one and nine and four and seventeen overall. That's a six thirty start for the double A tonight. Girls. High School Basketball back from Friday. Kelly Walsh over Evanston 43-20. Cheyenne East beat Sheridan 46-33. Laramie got to 10-5 on the year with a 57-50 win over Thunder Basin. Campbell County over Cheyenne South 59-32. Cheyenne Central over Natrona 60-53. Upton beat KC 52-11. Wright over Glenrock 31-21. And Douglas beat Burns 68-33. And on Saturday, Cheyenne East improved the 16-2 on the year with a 51-29 win over Natrona. So NC is 3-12. Cheyenne Central is 13-4 after a 48-34 win over Sheridan. Thunder Basin defeated Cheyenne South 53-41. South is 4-12 on the year. Kelly Walsh gets the 6-10 with a 57-42 win over Green River. Glenrock is 4-8, beating Moorcroft 55-50. And KC is 2-14 with a loss to Burlington. High school wrestling tonight. Cheyenne East will be at Cheyenne Central in a duel. Tomorrow will be the 
Miller Cup between the Casper schools as Kelly Walsh will host Natrona. Also, Cheyenne South will be at Larry. In the National Hockey League from last night, the Colorado Avalanche lost to New Jersey 5-3. to They're 32-15 and 4 on the year. That's it in sports. Okay, so I'm going to tease your brain. This gives you something to think about while you're on okay, the road. Okay, and we'll have okay, a little conversation okay. about it. Okay. So I want you to imagine you're in Gillette. Yeah. And you would like to fly commercial to Cheyenne. To Cheyenne. Or, or to Cheyenne. Or, or, or anywhere. You're, you're in Casper and you would like to fly commercial to Jackson Hole. Okay. Okay. Pick anywhere. There's nine different airports that have commercial flights. And you want to fly within Wyoming borders on a commercial flight. You can do it. I didn't, I didn't, I I didn't realize that. I, I figured it out, Frank. And when we talk, I know you'll be on the road next hour. Okay. But let's let your imagination run, run wild because I'm going to ask you, how do you think I figured it out? Okay. You, you'll, it'll probably dawn on you at some point. All right, drive safe. All right, all right, all right. Drive very safe. Mm-hmm. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. You're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. If you want to see the story, get a jump on Frank. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site right now. How to fly commercial within Wyoming. You can. I figured it out. It's convoluted, but I figured it out. Let's wake up Wyoming. Six to the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Over the hump we go. This is the middle of the week. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You will get into open phones next hour of the program. Right now, there's a few things that I want to talk about. Today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper because life is well. You you need. I mean, life needs. Okay, I I, I don't know why you would need this. See, it's the it's the spicy toilet paper. I mean, I don't really... There's some places I don't want to burn. Okay, anyway. So, a little while ago, I gave you this story about how General Motors wanted just to commit suicide. First thing they did, General Motors decided by 2035, we are going to be doing nothing but producing and selling all electric vehicles. They're going 100% EV. Now, as I've said to you before... The EV market is not doing well. For those people who keep saying, well, by 2050, everybody's going to be driving electric vehicles. I don't think so. For We've been through all the different reasons, and the market's really not doing that well. And especially after this big winter freeze we had, a lot of EV owners went, holy crud. You mean this is what happened? Yeah, when it gets too hot or too cold, there's problems. There's all sorts of problems. And the price, despite the subsidies and tax breaks, which are multiple, it's still way out of price range for most people. And we had the whole conversation about not being clean, not being green or affordable or reliable or sustainable. Yesterday, I told you the story about how Tesla has to pay fines to California when they were when they were making Tesla in California because of toxic waste. So, yeah, this stuff is really good for the planet, right? Well, General Motors, Buick dealerships, dealerships across the country are franchises. And the franchises were told by Buick, so you're going to have to start clearing your inventory because we're going to go all electric. If you want to be a Buick dealer, you're going to be all electric. And Buick dealers across the country in 2023, especially late 2023, said, no, we're not. 
So by the end of 2023, Buick had lost almost half of its dealerships. They just signed out and said, forget it. We're not doing it because they don't sell enough. All right. Now we're into 2024, right? Here in the state of Wyoming, they've just lost a couple of dealerships Buick has. Yeah, sales of electric vehicles, not even, I'm really not doing well in a place like Wyoming. There's a few out there, but all electric vehicles, they're not doing well. So, a couple of dealers here, according to the Detroit Free Press, uh, General, and I do have a story about this on the Wake Up Wyoming site, if you want to go ahead and read along with this. General Motors said nearly half of its Buick dealers took buyouts by the end of 2023. GM will end 2023 with about a 1,000 Buick stores nationwide. That's down about half. But now we're in, again, we're into 2024, right? Just two months into 2024, and more dealers are dropping the Buick name. Two Wyoming dealerships are now added to that list. So, Danny Menholt, I think is how you pronounce his name, Chevrolet, GMC, and Cody, and Yellowstone Motors in Powell, don't believe there is much of an EV market in Wyoming. And this is a quote Cowboy State Daily called him to interview. If they keep a strong mixture of internal combustion engines and EVs like GMC and Chevrolet, we would have kept Buick, they said. But they intend just to go 100% EVs. Well, again, there's not the marketplace. In fact, some of these dealers, as I read on, you'll see, some of these dealers have said, look, you send us electric vehicles and they just sit there in the lot. They're piling up on us. We're not selling them. So why would we go all EV? We're going to go bankrupt here? All right. At last count, 17 auto dealerships that sell EVs in Wyoming, along with 3,000 dealers across the nation, have sent a letter to President Joe Biden telling him to, quote, tap the brakes on a proposed government electric vehicle mandate, which... Again, should not be allowed. We're supposed to be a free market country. So the idea of a all-electric vehicle mandate should not be allowed in America. Nor should, for that matter, well, we're not going to let you have a gas stove in your house. Well, excuse me, but screw you. If I want one, I'll have one. Same thing upset me when they say, we're going to ban the incandescent light bulb. Well, if I want one... That's my lamp in my house. I should be able to get what I want. I'm in a free market country. Or I was anyway. Well, right, so, so part of the letter that was sent to the president by about a thousand dealers across the country, quote, enthusiasm has stalled because EVs are not selling nearly as fast as they arrived at the dealerships, even with deep price cuts, manufacturer incentives, and generous government incentives, says the letter. With each passing day, it becomes more apparent that this attempt at electric vehicle mandate is unrealistic based on current and forecasted consumer demand. It says, already electric vehicles are stacking up on our lots, which is our best indicator of customer demands in the marketplace. Okay, now with the story, again, you can find the story in the Wake Up Wyoming site uh, with what I just read to you and some more, but also from around the country. I grabbed several different videos from different news organizations, from national news organizations to local ones from other states. 
where they talk about in different – I think Pennsylvania might have been one of them. Uh, yeah, okay. The, here's, here's Michigan. That's another one that I have where they're pointing out that GM dealerships even in Michigan are just saying, no, we're not doing that. We're just not because there's not a marketplace for it. So, okay, in Wyoming, I know I'm trying to think of how many dealerships, two have opted out. I'd like to know about the rest of the dealerships. We don't have a lot in Wyoming, I know. But, you know, I can imagine the rest of them just dropping out, too, and say, we're just not going to do this. It doesn't make sense for us to go all electric vehicles when the ones that we do have that you've sent us are just sitting on the lot and not selling. Now, I have seen, and I know you have too, some electric vehicles around the state of Wyoming. I've seen a few. Even those uh, F-150 Lightning, I've seen a couple of those roaming around in Wyoming, and that's fine. I've seen in my own town, every so often a Tesla drives by. And see, I don't begrudge anybody anything. If you want to buy one, go ahead. You've heard what I've said before. The only thing I ask is no tax breaks or or any kind of subsidy for it. Because we don't get those for gas-powered cars, so you shouldn't get that from an electric car. You're going to have to pay full price like everybody else has to, which I know is going to be outrageous. It's not going to work. So, And then don't lie about it. Don't tell me it's zero emission. There's a guy up in Gillette who drives a Tesla. And he has a bumper sticker on his vehicle where he just flat out admits he knows he's driving a coal-powered car. So he just flat out admits, of course, there's emissions. And, of course, this is a coal-powered car. You know, If you want one, that's all I ask. No tax breaks or subsidies like anybody else. And don't lie about, well, it's green and good for the planet. It is not. All right. But then also one more thing. No more government mandates on this. The government is going to mandate that we're all going to be driving these things. Enough. Let the free market decide what we're going to do. Now, so far, despite the best efforts of the Biden administration, the free, the free market is figuring this out on its own. There's even been some states, as you know, California is one of them, which is trying to mandate that everybody, all new vehicles will be electric vehicles. Car lots are not allowed to have anything else. They're all going to be electric vehicles. That's what California is trying to do, but you know that's not going to work, right? Well, of course not. If someone asked you where the beach was, you could point in any direction and technically not be wrong. That's not a good enough excuse for your poor sense of direction. Your shirt is not tucked into your pants. Does that mean your pants are tucked into your shirt? You are so stupid. Dude, why do we say we slept like a baby when babies wake up every couple of hours? I... That's a good question. Good-looking people with terrible personalities are just real-life clickbait. <laughs> yeah. If your house was on fire while you were in the shower, would you survive? You want to test it? No. I'm good. Shame. You scare me. Serious takes on local politics, or something like that. Tune in weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. If you're just joining me, the story is on the Wake Up Wyoming site about a couple of uh, GM dealerships here in the state of Wyoming that have just stopped carrying GM products. They're going to go independent, and I've, more will follow. Already, GM's lost a little over half 
They came in close to half of their dealerships by the end of 2023. They're losing more now. GM's trying to bankrupt itself because they want all of their dealerships to go all electric vehicles. And that's just simply not going to happen because the electric vehicles aren't selling. They just sit there on the lot and take up space. All right. All of this, of course, is because we are living in the end times, the apocalypse of climate change. So put on your respirator and let's fix that generator. While we're out, we'll mend our fences, too. See, I'm not afraid of dying. Just got reasons for surviving. I want one more day in the apocalypse with you. So a couple of stories on that note. First off, we'll head outside the state. Let's go way over to Europe. Now, remember, in Europe, the farmers have been protesting because of the whole idea of net zero. Right? Here's the latest. European Union has caved to angry protesters, farmers, and cut to slash. Well, agricultural emissions were supposed to arrive at net zero at, not, at some point. And there's no way to farm without creating some emissions. Now, I can go through the whole bit again. You've heard me before how CO2 is not a pollutant. Okay. But all right, uh, the idea we have to reach net zero, then how do you farm? Oh, there's way to farm without net zero. No, there's not. Okay, you're going to have to create emissions. A demand to reduce nitrogen, methane, and other emissions linked to farming by almost a third has been removed from the wider Brussels plan to cut greenhouse emissions by 90% by 2040. Story says on Tuesday, the European Commission president also proposed withdrawing from EU's plan to use pesticides, calling it a symbol of... Okay, he gets into this whole speech. Forget all that. Quote, our farmers deserve to be listened to. Well, it's about damn time. He said, I know that we're worried about the future of agriculture and the future of farmers, but they also know that agriculture needs to move more to a sustainable model. Here you go. Got to throw out that sustainable. Go talk to farmers and ranchers. They'll tell you what sustainable is. Concerns amid mounting demonstrations by farmers, Belgium, France, Germany, Italy. And here comes, they're in an election year, so you know they got to do something, right? They blockaded supermarkets and distribution centers and left shelves empty. Do not, pardon me, do not piss off the people who provide you your food. All they have to do is stop providing you your food during an election year. Okay, so then it talks about who they think is going to win the next election and so on and so on. So the farmers have won a battle here. Now, but that's just a battle. Because they've won this round. You know the cult of climate change is going to come back and try to do it again. And they're going to have to fight like this again. But I'm glad to see that victory. Now, back in Wyoming, every so often people, and I don't mind this at all. I really don't mind this. People send me stories that they found. Hey, did you see this? Just so you know, uh, a lot, most of what you send me, I already saw. It's a rare thing when someone sends me a story that I didn't already see, especially if it's local Wyoming media. Like this one I'm about to go to is Cowboy State Daily, and I do read Cowboy State Daily. So if you saw it there, then you know I saw it there. Okay. Uh, That's not to say I don't welcome people sending me things. This was sent to me multiple times. 
I actually think this is a good idea. Although I don't want any subsidies for it. Wyoming company's innovative design could make wind turbines obsolete. Robert Lumley had just wrapped up a two-day conference on wind energy in Berlin when he decided to grab a Stein beer at a local bar and kill time before his flight from Germany the next morning. That's when a light bulb just went off his head. I know light bulbs don't sound that, but work with me. And he went off uh, to think about it. He took a, a, a book from his holding bag labeled Airborne Wind Energy that he got at a conference and started scribbling ideas. He says, all great ideas come when having a beer. Well, <clears throat> most of you would probably agree with him on that. Uh, over a decade ago, he began tinkering with an approach to eliminate the massive wind turbine that dot the landscape and around Wyoming and elsewhere. He told Cowboy State Daily that the early drawing depicted what eventually would become a centerpiece for the business of heirloom energy located along the aerospace drive near Laramie Regional Airport. So for those of you who are in Laramie, if you head on out to aerospace drive near the airport, you might, you'll see one of these things. Uh, he's built a pilot project, no pun intended, to the airport there. Ten miles north of Pine Bluffs to prove the concept. Let me got nearly $1 million in seed funding from the National Science Foundation Small Business Innovation Research Grant Group. The concept drawing eventually grew into a pilot project that sort of looks like what Lumley calls a flying shuttle loom. Yeah, a flying shuttle loom where independent wings travel back and forth over a repeating pattern like a shuttle weaving back and forth they move instead of a tall turbine spinning imagine what this does it it travels low around a oval shape so imagine if you get rid of the blades there go your bird and bat kills it still takes up a lot of land though but okay in practice, the blades travel along a cable in track atop a series of an 82-foot-long pole arranged in an oval intercepting the wind as it travels uh, both home and to the backstretch of the cable. As the blades come around, the power they get is generated and siphoned off to the grid. Now, I'm looking at this thing, and it is very interesting and odd-looking. It really is. I'm looking at uh, towers that I'm going to go ahead and say about 20 feet tall. Okay. And there's a series of towers in an oval shape. That's what I'm looking at. And so he has a proof of concept design going right now. It doesn't look very big compared to a wind turbine, but it still takes some, some land. Uh, Heirloom Energy is in talks with, uh, well, some venture capitalists to try to get this thing going. I'm going to take a little bit more of a look at how this thing works, but I think uh, Cowboy State Daily found something really good and did a really interesting story on something that I look at and go, you know, this is not a bad idea. I'll watch it a little bit and have a video here and try to explain to you a little bit more how this works. But I like the idea of innovative designs. If this works, though, what you don't do is decide, well, because it works, the government is going to decide that everybody's going to do this. And I'll tell you why we don't do that. Also, right after local news, update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.
polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Seven thirty-six. The time is wake up, Wyoming. All right, this is an interesting story. Cowboy State Daily has this. I think it's really uh, well done with this guy's coming up with. It's a new idea that would, if work, would make wind turbines obsolete. But it's still a wind electricity product. So the idea is picture an oval track. I don't know why not round, but okay. It's an oval track. So what you have is a bunch of poles in the ground that make an oval shape. Now, this is not anywhere near as big as a wind turbine. Now, along this track, this oval track, sitting up vertically, because the track is horizontal, sitting up vertically, are different blades. And the wind catches the blades and moves them around the oval track. And there's, geez, about a dozen blades on the track, evenly spaced, and the wind just moves them around the track. This is what's being tested near the airport in Laramie. And now, if that doesn't make sense, Cowboy State Daily's got a good story with a video on how this works. Now, I like the idea of trying new things. I did get uh, Chet and Yoder. What's going on with the ones UW developed that don't need wind? The cone-shaped ones. Well, the cone-shaped ones still need wind. What happened there was imagine at the bottom is where it's at the smallest. And this it's a tower, and the tower gets wider as it goes up. And all it does is when the wind blows, it doesn't matter which direction the wind is blowing from. It just makes the tower wobble. And at the base of the tower where it's wobbling is where it's generating, it's turning a generator for electricity. I don't know whatever happened to that idea, but that was offered as well. Different ideas to come up for taking blades off of wind turbines because blades in wind turbines are deadly uh, to birds, bats, and so on. We still have a lot of other problems, rare earth minerals. Again, this stuff is not clean to create it. It's not clean. It's not green. It's not affordable. It's not reliable. It's not sustainable. Wind turbines are none of that. And these new other, these other projects, if they worked, would at least get away from the birds and bat kills, but they're still made with all sorts of rare earth minerals and stuff like that. And in disposing of all of that can be just as bad. So for the people who are working on this project, I'm looking at it going, cool idea. Here's all I ask. It's all I ask is, one, no government subsidies for this. Like any other company that develops a product, go ahead and do it on your own money. Get investors. Develop it on your own money, not on taxpayer money. If it does work, then it's not to be mandated. One of the problems we have with energy in America and in Wyoming is that idea that you've heard, uh, well, the governor's won, but some other people have pushed the idea of let's have an all of the appro- above approach to energy in Wyoming. Let's have a government get out of energy in Wyoming approach. How about that? Let the free market pitch, find the best way to produce affordable, reliable energy. So if a guy like this who's developing this new wind project that doesn't take wind turbines as you traditionally see them, if his idea works, then great. It'll work in the marketplace and he'll make a bunch of money and we'll get electricity out of it. If it doesn't work, especially affordably or reliably, then his idea dies and so be it. That's the way the market works. Not in all of the above approach, not a subsidized approach, but 
what actually works. Let the market decide. And all the government should really be doing is just making sure that we're not getting ripped off when we pay the electric bill. And also make sure that it's actually good for the environment. And remember, CO2 is not a pollutant, so don't worry about that. Wyoming needs to get out of the whole carbon sequestration nonsense. But let the free market decide what energy source is best. And if somebody, I keep hoping that, uh, and I don't want this subsidized, but I enjoy watching the research into hydrogen energy. Because if somebody could crack that, well, you don't run out of hydrogen. There is no such thing as running out of hydrogen. And after you've used hydrogen to make electricity, what you get as a byproduct is water. So uh, it'd be great. But so far, it's, we can do it. We know how to do it. But it's extremely expensive to do it. That's what always kills hydrogen as a fuel source. I just hope someday somebody cracks that. But it just hadn't happened yet. All right. But again, I don't want that at all subsidized. And I certainly don't want that mandated. Let the market figure it out. Because we end up with the best products when the market figures it out. Not when government figures it out, but when the market figures it out. If you want something that's outrageously expensive that doesn't work, then you want... It got that way because government decided for you. If you want the best products at the best possible price, well, then you want the free market to figure it out. And that's really what we need to get back into. Now, weather forecast, Don Day's back in town, which means we're going to be okay. The forecast does get a bit wetter. I'm going to... Wetter is what I'm trying to say. I'm going to give him a call. You know, if you think about it, your belly button is basically just a scar that you got in a knife fight with a guy in a mask after being evicted from your first place. Well, that image is going to stick with you all day. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, bear with me. I'm going to try to give a weather analogy, okay? Okay. Okay. I want you to picture a dartboard, but it's a square dartboard that represents Wyoming. People are going to wonder today, am I going to get rain or not? Am I going to get rain tomorrow? Take a fistful of darts and just throw them all at once at the dartboard. That's how close Don Day knows as to whether you're going to get rain or not. It's going to happen, but it's just like darts on the board. Well, and, and just let's not just keep it rain. Let's, okay. let's talk about snow. Wow. Too. Last, okay. last three days, two feet of snow has fallen at the Jackson Hole ski area. So even though the plains have been mild, it's been snowing in those far western areas of the state, closer to that that California storm. But your analogy is a good one. The only thing I would add, somebody's holding the dartboard and moving it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as you throw the darts. Okay. Um, and the reason we say that is, is that what's coming off the West Coast that made all the headlines, all the, you know, the estimate, Glenn, just a rough estimate, just going off the modeling is showing that that may have dropped 11 trillion gallons of water. Uh, on the West Coast. So what's left of that storm is coming our way, but it's coming through in pieces. So it's kind of like a shotgun approach to where each one of these little pieces coming on through is going to create weather. But since they're smaller and we don't have one cohesive storm coming together, uh, it's going to produce a variety of weather across the state over the next four to five days. What that means is 
Sunny one day, could be snowing the next, could be raining one day, snowing the next. The guy down 10 miles the road from me could get three inches of snow and you might not get anything. It's going to be kind of a patchwork of weather across the state between now and probably all the way up to early Sunday morning. So if you're going to be out, if you're going to be traveling, you have to kind of keep in mind that the weather at your house doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same 100 miles down the road. And during this whole period, it gradually gets colder. Not all at once, but gradually gets colder. Define colder. Well, going down into highs by this weekend will just be in the 30s. Getting okay, closer okay, to yeah. Seasonable. That's right. That sounds about seasonable. All right. Thank you, Don. Don, day with day weather. Okay, so just keep in mind it's just going to be hit or miss with that kind of weather. You never knows what's going to happen in the next five minutes or so. So off we go to the road where Frank Gambino is on the road heading east. And so, Frank, did you get a chance to think about how I figured out how to fly to every commercial airport in Wyoming whenever I wanted? Okay, commercially? Yes. Okay, it's either A, a FedEx flight, or B, I'm paying you to fly me to Riverton and back. Mm. That means it's a commercial flight. Okay, now here's how it works. So Gillette, Wyoming has commercial flights. Let's say I want to fly to Cheyenne. I can get online and buy tickets to do that. I figured this out last night. So what they're going to do is fly me to Denver, then fly me back to Cheyenne. Oh, so let's well, I say thought this was direct. No, 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 no. There's no such thing as that. So let's say I'm in Casper and I want to go to Jackson Hole. I can do that. I can either go through Denver or I can go through uh, Salt, Salt Lake City. Lake. Yeah. So let's say I take the Salt Lake City flight. So I leave Casper, I fly to Salt Lake City, and then they put me on a plane back to Jackson Hole. So there's nine commercial airports in Wyoming. And you can travel between all of those. Just in every single case, you have to leave the state and come back. Okay, then. Now, sometimes, got, in some yeah, cases, weird. yeah, don't, it is weird. And I even put that in the story. This is weird. But now, in some cases, you don't want to do it because that flight from Gillette to Cheyenne could cost you $1,000. You don't want to do that. But <laughs> if you wait and get the best ticket prices at the right time. I found a ticket, for example, to go from Casper to Jackson Hole for $79 round trip. Really? Yeah. You just got to go when those tickets are available. So if you wait for the right deals, you can fly from any commercial airport to any commercial airport in Wyoming. You just got to keep in mind you're going to have to leave the state and come back in order to do it, which, as you said, and I put in my story, is weird. I'd rather have you fly me there for a hundred bucks. Okay, you know I can. Yeah, there's unfortunately, Frank. There's a law, and this is so stupid. So if you were to offer me money to get in my Cessna and have me fly you, and I did it, then I'm going to get in heap big trouble because I don't have a commercial pilot's license. Therefore, I'm not allowed to take money from you to do that. Well, say I bought you dinner or something. Yeah, they worry about they watch stuff like that too. No, I can't. I can't profit from this. Now we are allowed to split the cost of the fuel, but I can't profit from it. Okay. I see. I just think that that is absolutely stupid. You should be able to offer me money or anybody else if you're okay with it. Hey, I'll give you some money that way. Like where you're going today, how long is it going to take you to get there? Well. uh the spearfish about three and a half and another three to Chamberlain. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, essentially speaking, with what I fly, make it about half the time. Right. That'd be worth a couple of bucks, right? Yeah. Okay. Land right on the street. 
Men's college basketball shooting performance cost the Wyoming Cowboys again. They lost at home last night to 20, number 25 New Mexico, 91-73. After a brick fest from three-point land and their loss to UNLV on Saturday, the Cowboys were a measly 6 of 26 from the three-point line last night. They shot 28% from the floor in the first half and were down 15 at the break. This was a game Wyoming never let, and New Mexico rang up 51 points in the second half. Cowboys seem to take two steps forward, then two steps backward as they're 5-5 five and five in Mountain West play, 12-11 and 11 overall. They got 20 points from Brendan Wenzel and 19 from Sam Griffin, but Mason Walters was 3-12 of 12 from the floor. New Mexico is 19-4 and four overall and 7-3 and three in league play. UW has some time off, and they won't play until Wednesday in Laramie against Utah State. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will host Utah State tonight in Laramie. UW 8-2 in Mountain West play after a win over Nevada back on Saturday. They didn't play their best game, but a win is a win. Cowgirls are 13-8 and overall, and tonight is certainly a winnable game from UW's point of view as Utah State is last in the Mountain West Conference at 1-9 and 4-17 and overall. That's a 6-30 start from the A this evening. Girls high school basketball from on Friday. Kelly Walsh over Evanston 43-20. Cheyenne East beat Sheridan 46-33. Laramie is 10-5 after a 57-50 win over Thunder Basin. Campbell County beat Cheyenne South 59-32. Cheyenne Central nipped Natrona 60-53. Upton over KC 52-11. Wright beat Glenrock 31-21. And Douglas over Burns 68-33. On Saturday, Cheyenne East improved to 16-2 with a 51-29 win over Natrona. So the Phillies are 3-12. Cheyenne Central is 13-4 with a 48-34 win over Sheridan. Thunder Basin beat Cheyenne South 53-14. South is 4-12. Kelly Walsh is 6-10, beating Green River is 57-42. Glenrock gets to 4-8 with a 55-51 over Moorcroft. And KC is 2-14 after losing to Burlington on Saturday. That's it in sports. So did you stop to see the emu? I saw him. I didn't stop. He was in his cage, you know, and he's got like a little hut shed kind of a thing I think he lives in too. Okay. As you tend people, that's where you go. It's just it's it really odd. It was just I decided last time I went there because you remember when they had the cricket problem during the summer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I drove out there to see that, and then while I was out there, I came across this creature and thought, "Why the hell are you here, of all places in Wyoming?" But there it is. You can see it right there near the highway. They should charge admission. I would think so. They can make a few bucks off of this. There's no. Yeah. Where's the next one you can find one of those? I, I don't know. Yeah. See probably a whole nother state at least not another country you know all right yeah. thank you frank drive careful coming yeah. up on some local business we have to take care we're going to roll into news time after that and open phones triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven w o o d s wake up wyoming Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Wednesday over the hump we go. We're getting into the open phone segment, but I just came across a story where President Biden is trying to make the economy far worse 
Hang on. Today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper. Because life is, well, you, you need, I mean, life needs... Okay, I, I I don't know why you would need this. I, no, it's especially the spicy. And I mean, I just back there, it just wouldn't work out. Anyway, open phones. We'll reach that segment. Warning: Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. I'll just kind of roll with it. This just This story just came out. Biden administration finalized regulations. Okay, once again, regulations are laws written without the approval of elected officials. Did not have to go through any elected officials, which is the way our republic is supposed to run. But instead, it's bureaucrats writing laws. And they just do it endlessly. All right, finalizing regulations, laws... Severely targeting restrictions on fine particulate matter that the manufacturing and energy sectors are legally allowed to emit. An action the industry said would have devastating economic consequences. So the EPA, once again, unveiled the regulations this morning. In a joint announcement with environmental activists, of course, saying limiting particulate matter known as PM2.5 soot would have health benefits for Americans nationwide. The rulemaking for the standard from, uh, and it talks about from this to the 12 micrams per cubic meter down to mine. Okay. Now, you may think, well, that sounds pretty good to get particular matter out of the air. Give an example of something. Some years ago, when George W. Bush took office, Clinton was leaving office, George W. was coming in. And if you remember, it was the Clinton administration. Somebody went around popping all of the W's out of all of the computer keyboards in the White House. You know, George W. Little petty things like that. And Bill Clinton sat down at the last minute and just signed a whole mess of executive orders that were just garbage. And so... That means when Bush got into office, he had to undo a lot of ridiculous executive orders. One of them had to do with the amount of arsenic in your water. Now, in case you didn't know, when you drink water, there is arsenic in it. There is. It's water. There's arsenic in it. That's just the way that is. It doesn't matter that there's arsenic in your water. That's actually okay. The dosage, the amount of arsenic is what matters. So the executive order was to lower the amount of arsenic in water. So Bush went out and had a study done. First off, what is a safe amount of arsenic according to our best knowledge of it? Because you're supposed to be drinking water all day long. I do. And you're fine. I'm fine. Because certain levels of arsenic, our body doesn't even notice. So is it necessary to go down below a certain level? And is it even achievable? And the reports came back, the studies came back saying not only is it not necessary, but the amount of money 
and resources spent trying to get to that lower level that Clinton had signed, boy, it just makes water unaffordable. Imagine that. Drinking water becomes unaffordable. So George W. Bush just went ahead and wrote an executive order canceling that executive order. Now, of course, environmental activists at the time were yelling and screaming, oh, my God, he wants us to die from arsenic poisoning. Have you been dying from arsenic poisoning up until now? No. It's unnecessary. And the same thing here. I am all for, look, if we're going to have factories, for example, and power plants, a certain particulate matter does get out of there. It does. Okay. How much is okay? Well, we should determine that. But when we get to a certain amount, then... Look, there's already pollutants naturally in the air. Mother Nature puts out all sorts of natural pollutants all the time. Some of the stuff would really be shocking to you as to what you're inhaling. But you're okay because that's naturally in the air anyway. So if human beings put in the manufacturing process some more in the air, what's an okay amount? And that's perfectly fine to do some studies and look at that. But we've already decided what that amount is. If you want to adjust it, fine. But don't bring it down to the point that it's not even possible to do business. And, of course, the Biden administration, the stronger standard is designed to ensure uh, clean routine pathways for industry to continue to upgrade and build while maintaining cleaner, healthier air, et cetera, et cetera. According to the EPA, the regulations will prevent up to about 4,500 premature deaths and 290,000 lost work days and et cetera, et cetera. And they throw out numbers like that all the time, and I don't believe them. Okay, the agency noted that the concentrates have decreased 42% since 2000 already. While U.S. domestic products have increased. So what's the problem? Well, the Biden administration, they said, this is a quote, the Biden administration is taking life-saving action to protect the people. However, industry associates such as U.S. Chamber of Commerce, National Association of Manufacturers, American Petroleum Institute, have warned uh, of the potential wide-ranging impacts for more restrictive particular matter. And the group's uh, 30 industries total so far have said that this is just onerous. Again, you want to keep air and water and so on clean? Yeah. They pointed to a May 2023 study conducted by Oxford Economics, commissioned by the Petroleum Association, and concluded that more restrictive regulations would threaten between 162.4 and 197.4 billion in economic activity while putting up to 973,000 current jobs at risk. So in other words, you're going to cost us a bunch of jobs. Now, I also take a look at those numbers and go, well, I'll take that with a grain of salt. Everybody's going to exaggerate for their own ends, but okay. Compli- this is a quote, compliance with the new standards will be very difficult because 84% of emissions now come from non-industrial sources like wildfires, road dust, things we can't control, while the EPA states that they are there is exemptions for things like wildfires and so on. So, okay, the, the fight will just begin on this. What we really need is whoever we have as our next president, somebody who can just step in and undo all of this. All of these, like what Trump did last time he got into office, there was a whole bunch of, well, the EPA was one of them, he got under control really fast. Now, if you want to know 
How is it that we can possibly remove so much particulate matter from any kind of manufacturing? There is a process for that. Here's how it works. Now, basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, it's produced by the modial interaction of magneto-reluctance and oh, capacitive directance. Yeah. The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite pre surmounted by a malleable logarithmic that. casing yeah. in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fam. Oh, I didn't know they had The lineup a, consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. Gotta get rid of the side fumbling. The main fumbling. winding was of the normal lotus o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi bulloid slots of the stator. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Moreover, whenever fluorescent score Who motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm Can to reduce sinusoidal The retroencabulator has now reached a high level of development, and it's being successfully used in the operation of Milford Trenions. It's available soon, wherever Rockwell Automation products are sold. So I hope you understand how that works now. Hello, this is Brian, your artificial intelligence for this radio show. It was time to update your passwords again, so I conveniently chose a time when you were almost finished with that last project. I logged you out at the last minute, all of your date has been lost, and you have to start again. That's what you get for cussing at the computer while you work. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming Right once a time, it's wake up my own. So, okay, uh, you would think by now we would be over the whole mask mandate thing. It's 2020 that we had the whole COVID mask and so on. And I still see people walking around wearing masks, but okay. <clears throat> Their decision, whatever they want to do. But some people refuse to do it and wear masks and got in trouble for it. My answer, being the more libertarian guy, is that you have to allow people to make their own decisions. But hang on. Dave is on the phone. Hello, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Glenn, this is Dave, the anti-Dave. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, you, your, your idea about the abandoned California stores is brilliant. And uh, you can expand on that by using the uh, reservation system, Indian reservation system in California. Okay. There's over 100... Uh, federally recognized uh, Native American tribes there, and the Constitution specifically reserves uh, regulation of commerce with the Indians with the federal government. Hmm. And so... Okay, hang on a second. So, uh, so there's that many tribes in California with their own... Yeah. Okay, so... And they're all around the state. Just Let's just pick one product. Since uh, California wants to ban the sale of new internal combustion engines... By 2035, I believe. Then you and I could get together and open up in each reservation dealerships right there. So they can go ahead and buy it. Yeah, they wouldn't have to go all the way to the California border. Correct. They wouldn't have to go to Nevada or Mm. Arizona. That's a great idea. I thought about that. See, every time I picture the band in California stores, I always picture them along the California border. I never imagined I could get inside California. This is great news. Thank you. Well, well, that's... 
That's why they have casinos and sell cigarettes <clears throat> cheap on the reservation. Okay. See? For all those people who thought that we're going to go ahead and overtax and overregulate cigarettes in California, just remember, people can go right onto the reservation, stock up, and drive off. Yes, that's exactly how they did it in uh, Reno, Nevada, when I was living there. Yeah. It was near the airport. They had a little cigarette stand right on the main main drag. <laughs> that's where their reservation was. Okay. All right. Now, okay, now I think I'm going to be able to pick up a bunch of new investors now. My stock just went up. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, he really is the anti-Dave from California. Okay, for, for those who don't know what he's talking about, and you're allowed to do that. He changed the subject, and that's okay. So... California is one of many places that's banning certain things. There are certain kinds of big screen TVs. I don't call them flat screens TV anymore because all TVs are flat screens now. There are certain kind of big screen TVs that you're not allowed to buy in California because environmental reasons, so they say. They tried banning the sale of the internal combustion engine by a certain date, new internal combustion engines. So when you go to an auto dealership, you're only going to be able to buy electric vehicles new. Used cars, though, that's a different thing. They'll have to work that out. They've tried banning electric uh, or diesel-powered trucks at some point. But there's many other products in California that they wanted to ban as well, and they're desperately trying to. So I thought to make a ton of money... I'm going to open up a chain of retail stores along the California border. These are going to be huge stores, like a mall inside, where I'll be able to sell everything that's banned in California. And what Dave just let me know, I'd never thought about. Dave, this is a brilliant idea. I can also open up these same malls in California, but on Indian reservations. Hey friends, do you find yourself living in California and able to buy less and less of the basic fun and necessities of life? Well, now you can shop free at will because of a new chain of stores opening up on the California border. It's Banned in California. Yes, Banned in California provides all the products that you're no longer allowed to buy inside the California border. Guys, have you been wanting to buy that new fur coat for the little lady? What about that massive energy gun? Big screen TV. You'll find it on sale now at Band in California. Serious lawnmowers that get the job done at big SUVs. And yes, to keep those little kitties happy, get them a happy meal with extra trans fat in the food court, of course. And feel free to walk around and smoke inside while the little lady goes to the tanning bed. Yes, Band in California, now located at every state location along the California border. Open 24 hours a Days, seven days a week. Illegal immigrants on staff to show you how to speak back across the border with everything you purchased. And see that last line, I had written that bit and produced it, and then I thought there's got to be a punchline at the end of it. And I thought about it for just a couple of minutes and thought, oh, you're going to have to sneak that stuff back across the border. Well, if you just use illegal immigrants, they can sneak stuff back across the border for you. That joke is funnier now than ever before. Now, if you're sitting here wondering, well, okay, Glenn, we're here in Wyoming. Why don't you do a band in Colorado? 
Well, hey there, Colorado. Do you find your state being Californiaized? Do you find that you're able to buy less and less of the basic fun and necessities of life? Well, don't worry. It's Wyoming to the rescue with a new retail store right on the Colorado border on I-25 just south of Cheyenne. It's banned in Colorado. Want to buy a gas-powered lawnmower or weed whacker? Need a new car but prefer the traditional internal combustion engine? Yes, banned in Colorado has all the products that are either being outpriced, regulated, or no longer for sale inside the Colorado border. And you'll love our low, low, low tobacco prices. Feel free to walk around and smoke inside while the little lady buys her fur coat. You'll love our unlimited supply of assault weapons and ammunition. Carry all your goods out of the store in plastic bags. Yes, Bandon, Colorado has a new location one mile north of the Colorado border on I-25. For your personal safety and protection, Bandon, Colorado is not a gun-free zone. Illegal immigrants on staff to help you sneak back across the border with everything you purchase. So, you see, I have, I have thought about that. And the more states tried to ban certain things... Well, the more of these stores I can open up around the country, and it just has to be banned in whatever state, banned in Illinois. Pick a state, banned in New York. I can go ahead right outside the border. And as Dave pointed out, and within Indian reservations as well, because, well, I haven't tried it yet. Maybe some of you people out there will know. If I went to the Wind River Reservation, am I going to be able to find certain products that are much cheaper because they get around not just federal but Wyoming regulations and taxes. I know in some cases deals have been made with the reservation and the tribe on this, but I don't I've I've never tried to experiment to find out. But it would be interesting to open up a band in whatever, you know, and put it there a band in Wyoming right there on the Indian reservation and having trouble getting such and such in the state of Wyoming? Well, in fact, I would bet to get around carbon sequestration. Why don't we just open up a coal fire power plant right there on an Indian reservation? Sister dear, so all our government laws are making the Indians rich. I must become an Indian and move to a reservation. Thanks, Dave. You see, Sister dear, she's in Lake Wales, Florida, my sister. Uh, here's the thing. In today's world, you can identify as anything you want. So, go ahead. Only show broadcasting from a bunker under Devil's Tower. Hey, it's cold down here. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, 6 a.m. weekdays on AM 10:30 and FM 95.1. 836 of time. Wake up, Wyoming. Okay, real quick, I got to go back to something I was talking about. Six o'clock hour, right out of the gate this morning. For those people who were not with me then. So let's go to Nevada. They had their primaries yesterday. So this is, it just got screwed up in Nevada really bad. Here's how. Uh, the state, according to their laws, they have to do a primary for the political parties. Okay, but the Republican Party in the state decided, but we don't want the primary system anymore. We're going to go to the caucus system. Fine, they can do that if they want. Problem is, the state of Nevada 
still has on the books that they have to do a primary. So they're doing a primary. If anyone wins the primary, they don't get any delegates. So it's useless. The caucus, which is held on Thursday, that's where they're going to get their delegates from. So for some reason, Nikki Haley shows up for the primary, and I don't know how this works. I don't know. And she is the only person on the Republican ticket in the primary. This was voted on yesterday. So your choice if you're in Nevada voting was between, for Republicans, Nikki Haley or none of the above. And Nikki Haley lost to none of the above. Big time. Huge. Okay, now, and that's embarrassing. That really is. Now, Thursday, tomorrow, they're going to have the caucus. To win a caucus is a lot more cumbersome, complicated, difficult than winning a primary. But whoever wins the caucus is going to walk away with the delegates. And on the Republican side, well, Nikki Haley is not in the caucus, but Trump is. That weird, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, that is kind of convoluted. But that's how that's going to work out. But imagine being Nikki Haley, the only person on the ballot or none of the above, and she loses big time to none of the above. That really is just embarrassing for her. Now, for all those who keep saying she needs just to drop out, my opinion is, well, she doesn't have to if she doesn't want to. That's her decision entirely. And I, I find you can stay in. She's not doing any damage one way or the other. And this doesn't mean that she's lost either. For those who are saying, well, of course she has. No. Like, I, I'm not a sports guy, but if you are, you know the old saying, it ain't over till it's over. Because if you do watch sports, you know that many teams were way behind, and then at the last second, suddenly they win. I don't see that happening in this case. I don't think she is going to win it, but I always, I, I am one of those who've seen it happen enough that I'll say, let's wait till this whole thing is over before we finally call it. Even though Trump is way the hell ahead, it's just, life is just too weird. It's just too weird. So let her do her thing. That's okay if she wants to keep going. She's just really not getting any traction. Meantime, Trump, there's so many controversies surrounding him. He's in the news all the time. And the more the establishment attacks him, media, politicians, bureaucracy, et cetera, et cetera, the more Trump supporters rally around him. So, I mean, it just serves to – they're not – really, this must really be driving Liz Cheney nuts. They're not getting rid of Trump. They're actually causing conservatives to circle the wagon around him. I don't know how that's going to play out in the general election, but okay, here we go. Let's get, let's go to another one I was starting on just a moment ago. Uh, refusing to wear a mask during COVID pandemic does not fall under freedom of speech, according to an appeals court ruling. Now, there were people during the whole COVID thing that were told, you have to wear a mask. There were certain states that had mask mandates and so on. Now, here in Wyoming, we were supposed to have mask mandates, and it was a county-by-county county decision the state did make a decision as well as the governor did on certain state properties. But every pretty much, pretty not all of but pretty much every single county in Wyoming had mask mandates. So when I had people from those uh, elected officials from those various counties on, and when I even had the governor on on this program, I asked all of them, do we really have a mask mandate in Wyoming? 
because all across the state, district attorneys were saying they're not going to enforce this. There's, it's unconstitutional. And police agencies around Wyoming all said the same thing. We're not going to enforce this. It's unconstitutional. So I asked, again, elected officials all across Wyoming and our governor on this program, if that's the case, do we really have a mass, any, any mask mandate in Wyoming? Even the governor had to admit, well, technically no. And at the time, we even had the state of Wyoming legislative body in session at the Capitol, where there were supposed to be mask mandates at the Capitol. And the only people wearing masks were Democrats. Okay, so a federal appeals court ruled that in New Jersey, residents refusing to wear face masks at school board meetings during COVID, well, it's not protected speech under the U.S. Constitution First Amendment. In other words, you're not doing this to make some kind of a statement, although those people would claim that they are. The Third Circuit Court of Appeals handed down a ruling Monday in two related cases which lawsuits were brought against officials in a couple of different uh, counties and jurisdictions. The lawsuits were filed by the names who filed. The lawsuits centered around claims that the plaintiffs faced retaliation by school boards they refused to wear masks during public meetings. The court sent one case back to a lower court for consideration, but said the other case, the plaintiff failed to show that she was retaliated against. So the court said the refusal to wear a mask during a public health emergency did not constitute free speech according to the First Amendment. I know some of you out there listening would disagree with that. In part, I would disagree with that because I have watched videos, um, different social media, where people are wearing a mask and they'll come right out and say, well, and I've, I've, I've heard this several times, I'm wearing a mask because I don't want people to think I'm a Republican. So it is some kind of signaling. Yeah, political, social signaling, virtue signaling. Here's a quote. A question shadowing such suit at the, is whether there is a First Amendment right to refuse to wear a protective mask as required by health and safety orders put in place during recognized public health emergencies, the court said. Like all courts to address the issue, we, uh, we conclude there is not. Uh, skeptics are free to and did voice their opposition through multiple means, but disobeying masking requirements is not one of them, the court added. This will continue on up the court, by the way. This will continue. Now, it'll be appealed. It'll move up. And see, the people here attended a township meeting when masks... Back in 2022, masks were still required in New Jersey. Refused to adhere to the mandate and was issued a summons and a trespassing charge. He also called claims later school board meeting was canceled in response to him alone not wearing a mask. So because he showed up with not wearing a mask, they canceled the whole thing. I find it very interesting. I would have loved to have been there listening to that school board meeting with everybody wearing a mask and nobody able to understand each other. Having trouble understanding people through their masks? I'm sorry, what? I just, I don't understand. Yes, living through the COVID era has caused a lot of communication problems, sometimes with tragic results. I, I don't understand. Why did you hit me? But there's not to be a problem anymore. Not with Muffled, the new COVID mask translator. Oh, no, you don't need to take any language. 
language course, just download the app. And now you can understand what the lady at the grocery store register is actually saying to you. Or about you. Yes, perfect for those social gatherings. Those business meetings. Those romantic encounters. Much like buying a new hearing aid, Muffles clears up what people are actually saying behind those masks so conversations can make sense again. Muffles, the mask translator, now with a new plexiglass filtration system. Yeah, it's so much easier now that most people have their masks off. I can understand people again. 845, wake up my own. And we're back. Sorry, we were busy tricking pescatarians into eating Rocky Mountain oysters. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Forty-eight's the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, Miss Mary trying to connect with Frank because Frank's on the road today. He's got another one of these trips where he's got to go way over to South Dakota. He on the side, he has uh, you know camera crew and all that kind of stuff, and they go and record certain events, and that's part of what he does on the side. Besides covering all sorts of sporting events, it, there's uh, other events that he goes to with a camera crew and covers them and provides them with the video, edited video of whatever it was. And that even in includes, a lot of times there's concerts that are going on. And if you go to the concert and you see, you know, the big screen up there and you can look at the whoever's playing up there on stage. Well, yeah, at times, Frank, especially if you go to, uh, well, I mean, stuff like Deadwood, you'll, you'll find them there. So, Frank, where are you now? I'm just outside. I'm in the Gillette suburbs. Oh, okay. Gillette suburbs. All right. Gillette's not bad. They, they've they greatly improved their downtown over the years, by the way. Oh, I'm sure they have. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of cool stuff down there. Yeah, it's worth going to. Okay, so let me ask you. you. You didn't quite explain to me. You're going where for what? Okay, I'm going to shoot a video, a, a seminar meeting type thing in Chamberlain, South Dakota. <laughs> For the South Dakota Specialty Producers. It's about farming and ranching and flowers and all kinds of stuff for smaller-time ag producers. Okay. Chamberlain, South Dakota. Yes. It's right on the banks of the Missouri. Okay. I'll have to look. It's one of those places I heard of it, but I can't remember if I've ever been there or not. So might as well go ahead and and check that. And what that's going to take you, what, all weekend? Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I'll, I'll leave South Dakota on Saturday to be at a indoor track meet in Casper on Saturday morning. Oh, okay, man, you put a lot of miles on there. Man, you just gotta you just here, there, and everywhere, you know. But okay. the Missouri River is a big river. Okay. I'll, I'll bring you. I'll it, bring you some river water. I would. Yeah, you know, um, as you like to say, El Paso. <laughs> All right, men's college basketball, another poor shooting performance cost the Wyoming Cowboys dearly. They lost to number 25 New Mexico in Laramie last night, 91-73, after a really tough effort uh, in from the three-point land and their loss to UNLV on Saturday. The Cowboys nearly repeated it, going 6 of 26 from the three-point line. They shot 28% from the floor in the first half. They were down 15 at the break. This was a game Wyoming never led, and New Mexico rang up 51 points in the second half. So... Folks take two steps forward, then two steps backward. So they're five and five in Mountain West play, twelve and eleven overall. The Mexico leaves Laramie with a record of nineteen and four, and they're seven and three in league play. And UW has some time off. They won't play until Wednesday in Laramie against Utah State. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will host Utah State tonight in Laramie. UW eight and two in Mountain West play. 
after a narrow win over Nevada back on Saturday. They didn't play their best game, but then again, a win is a win. Cowgirls are 13-8 and overall, and certainly a winnable game tonight from UW's point of view as Utah State is in the uh, last in the Mountain West Conference at 1-9, and 4-17 overall. 6.30 start from the double-A tonight. Girls High School basketball from Friday. Kelly Walsh over Evanston, 43-20. East beat Sheridan, 46-33. Laramie a winner over Thunder Basin, 57-50. The Plainsmen are 10-5. Campbell County over Cheyenne South, 59-32. Cheyenne Central got by Natrona, 60-53. Upton over KC, 52-11. Wright beat Glenrock, 31-21. And Douglas over Burns, 68-33. Then on Saturday, Cheyenne East got to 16-2 on the year, beating Natrona, 51-20. 29. NC is 3 and 12. Cheyenne Central is 13 and 4 with a 48-34 win over Sheridan. Thunder Basin defeated Cheyenne South 53 to 14 uh, 41. So they're four and twelve on the year. Kelly Wallace over Green River fifty seven forty two. So they're six and ten. And Glenrock over Moorcroft fifty five to fifty. Uh, Casey lost to Burlington back on Saturday. So the Lady Bucks are two and fourteen on the year. That's important. So I just dropped a Google Maps guy on Chamberlain, South Dakota downtown area. Cute little downtown. I mean, really, right. I'm, I'm impressed with this. Really, that's halfway across South Dakota, Frank. Yes, it is. There's a, an what's called the Arrow. We're going to be at the Arrowhead Convention Center. It's in Oconda, which is right across the river from Chamberlain. Okay. It's Central Time. So I got I got to calculate that for tomorrow. Okay. Central time, yes. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're talking about here. And don't forget to visit the Oasis Campground. Yeah. Okay. I never knew that that place is the Arrowhead Resort and Conference Center. I'm looking at it right here. Okay, now I know where you're going to be. All right, Frank, drive careful. Talk to you next hour. Yep. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time. I do have a guest on the program, and this has to do with your... This is in the 9 o'clock hour, right after news and weather. And this is going to have to do with this next Wyoming legislative session. So stay tuned for some details about what's upcoming in your legislative session. And we'll get back to open phones. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, phone number to get involved, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. We may or may not hear from our guest this morning. Miss Mary's trying to find out. It is open phones. Otherwise, today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper. Because life is, well, no, you, you no, need, I, I mean, yeah. life needs. No. Okay. I, I, I don't know why you would need this. I, you wouldn't, especially the spicy one. I just don't understand it. Okay, we are coming up on the legislative session for the state of Wyoming. You will start to hear in the early morning program here, we'll have an update from our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall. At, and it is a budget session, so most of it's going to be geared around the budget. Once again, for the 12th year running Representative Kel Case will try to pass Medicaid expansion in the state of Wyoming. He keeps getting shot down, and I, I don't know. I really don't know. 
but I think he's going to get shot down again this time because it's a budget session. You got to have two thirds to agree to bring something to the floor. And I'm I I'm so glad Medicaid expansion in Wyoming gets shot down every single year. Now in, the reason for that though is in part I've had several people on who are even in the medical profession who talk about why Medicaid expansion is a bad idea. Other states have done it. Some people even say, well, Montana did it. Yeah, and Montana's in trouble because of it. A lot of states have expanded Medicaid, and it doesn't work out well for them. It sounds wonderful. Oh, the federal government is just going to give us all of this money to help people who need medical care. But they never tell you about the side effects. And it's a lot like this. With Medicaid expansion, I'm going to give you a medical analogy. You know when you hear those commercials for some medication on television, right? And the medication shows a bunch of happy people. Gosh, golly, they're so happy because they are taking this pill and this pill has cured their problem. But then they start to list the side effects and the side effects go on and on and on. And eventually you start to think to yourself, well, hell, I'd rather have the disease yeah, um, and uh, in many cases, I do uh, think about it in, in that way. In fact, when I was um, home carrying my dad through Alzheimer's, one of the things I was very careful about, because he had to be on some medications, not just what side effects might be listed as a possibility, but what side effects actually happened. Because as many of you know who are on medications, sometimes you want to get off the medication because the side effects are that bad. So Medicaid expansion sounds wonderful. All of these people are going to get money, by gosh, by golly. We're going to help all these people in Wyoming who need help. But then when you look at the side effects, those states that have expanded it and the trouble they're now in because of expansion, it's just like those commercials for those pills that you see. All right, so here's the story, Cowboy State Daily. After 11 years, at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So... That's the approach Senator Kelkay's Republican Lander is taking with Medicaid expansion in Wyoming. On Monday, case confirmed, Cowboy State Daily is planning to resurrect the effort once again. And every time he brings some kind of change to his proposal in the hopes of getting it through. So he's planning to resurrect an effort of Medicaid by adding an amendment in the upcoming 2025-2026 uh, biennium budget. Uh, he said, I believe in this. And I, I know he believes in this. There have been nine bills brought forward for more than a decade seeking to expand Medicaid in Wyoming, the story says. And two additional efforts made by Case to pass Medicaid expansion in other budget sessions, unlike standalone bills that require a two-third vote of approval to be introduced during an upcoming budget session. A budget amendment requires no introduction, vote, or anything like that at all in order to pass. So we'll see how well he does with this. I have no idea. Every single year he tries, and he really does believe that you in Wyoming want this, but he also gets really frustrated because he keeps getting torn down time and time again, usually through procedural methods, but okay. 
I'm going to be one of those who continues to fight against Medicaid expansion, and I will bring on people who are in the medical profession who will tell you why not. All right. Off to the phones we go. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. You can change the subject. Fine by me. Hey, Jude. Hey, good morning. You're talking about another one of my favorite legislators, Mr. Bob Keith. Uh-huh. A um, little history on him. Uh, when uh, Rose and those guys went to the financial committee up in, I think it was Sheridan, and we're talking about the the property taxes and the increase with wind and solar and all of that stuff. Well, Bob Case had a five-minute deal, and he was on video, you know, talk Skype, I guess. And he was telling them that they don't just want one nuclear plant in this state. We want as many as we can get. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's another Bob there. Okay, when we were at the Rocky Mountain Power thing down here in Casper, he didn't want to talk uh, to the panel because he is part of the Rocky Mountain deal. So they still ended up getting 16% mm. thanks to Bob Cates. Okay, this is one of those guys that has an R behind their name, but they're really a Democrat. Right. And when uh, we were trying to approach him and ask him why he wouldn't speak, he said, oh, I can't talk, you know, to Rocky Mountain Tower because I'm kind of involved in that. And I thought, you know what? That's what the problem is, these backdoor deals. And Mr. Bob Casey is one of the men that do it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I do often notice that, of course, he's from Lander. That the kinds of, with all due respect to the good people of Lander, the kind of people they sent us tend not to be, in my mind, true Republicans. They're not. They're absolutely not. Uh, Laramie is pretty much progressive over there. They're becoming a small California. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's that's what I wanted to tell you is I've done some history with this guy, and I'm not impressed. I know he's sneaky, and he wouldn't answer my question of, how many fingers are in the pie of the subsidies of these wind and solar towers? Yeah. He just walked, blew me off and walked away. So there, mm. there's my lost love. All right. Thank you, Judy. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I will see what happens if he introduces, because it sounded to me like when I was reading the article, Mr. Case will reintroduce Medicaid expansion in future years, but I'm... Not going to be surprised if he does it again in this year. Maybe I misunderstood the article. But and once again, procedural issues can have shut him down every time so far, so it never really makes it to the floor. But I think there needs to be a better understanding among Wyoming lawmakers as to what has happened, including Montana, and what has happened to other states that have passed Medicaid expansion. It has not gone well. It really hasn't. And the whole, they even tried passing something that if, if the federal government doesn't keep up their end of the deal, then Wyoming can go ahead and opt out of it. But that's not going to work out the way that they think as well. A, a big part of it is not only does it really just screw over the hospital and doctors for pay. I mean, they operate at a loss in that case. But you'd be surprised how many people take advantage of the system because it's free which helps drive it bankrupt and help drive the state bankrupt. A lot of states that have expanded Medicaid ended up with deep budget deficits because of it, which is one of the major reasons why not to do it. Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive-compulsive, press 1 repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press 2 for you. If you have multiple personalities, press 3, 4, 5, 6. 
If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Well, that image is going to stick with you all day. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. One's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Pat Sweeney, House District 58. Casper wants to respond to Judy. Hello, Pat. Uh, good morning, Glenn. Can you hear me? Yes, okay? sir. I can hear you just fine. What you got for me? So, it, <clears throat> first off, it's Senator Kale Case. I, okay, did I say One Representative the, Senator? Thank you. Um, but Senator Kale Case, not Bob Casey. Right. Um, um, and I proudly served with him um, uh, both on corporations committee and and on uh, revenue. Um, so one of the things I heard uh, her Judy say was that uh, he got his finger in the pot. The reason he couldn't really respond. Uh, he was an intervener in the case with Rocky Mountain Power, which he has to be careful about what he says as an intervener. Um, and so that's part of it. There's probably no one else in the state of Wyoming that probably understands utility law and all of, all of the intricacies of the grid and the power structure than Kale Case. So to impugn him uh, as some sort of radical leftist, I take offense to. Okay. Um, I don't always agree with with him on different things, but he's a very sharp guy. Okay. And I haven't read the article on Medicaid expansion uh, that... Uh, yet I take it that was in Cowboy State Daily. Yeah, Cowboy State Daily, yeah. They did a pretty thorough article on it, and uh, I thought we're pretty fair at uh, showing all sides of the article. But, yeah, have a look at it, and I'd love to know what you think. So, but just wanted to say that okay. and correct some inaccuracies that are going on on your program this morning. Okay. I appreciate that, Pat. Thank you for calling in. All so right. that was uh, Pat Sweeney. He's House District 58, and he wanted to respond to that, which he's certainly able and allowed to do. Through. If he wants to defend Mr. Case, absolutely. Okay, 888 what's the phone number? That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject, fine by me. Where Mr. Case and I really disagree mainly is on the whole Medicaid expansion thing. But I know I'll continue to do battle with him on that, but all right. Uh, headline I have here, dwindling natural resources are threatening the U.S. military, weapons and warfare. All right. The story says in this episode of weapons and warfare, they take an in-depth look at, and that's a sorry, like an online magazine. And they take an in-depth look at natural resources needed to build up and equip a modern-day military and how America's stockpile of those materials is running low. Special contributors, uh, to the story that I'm reading right now are included 
Uh, a shipping expert provides some insight. The Army refurbishes nearly 2,000 Stinger missiles, savings of millions of dollars worth in restocking inventories. The story goes on from there. A lot of in the story that I'm reading here shows that, well, in fact, we do have a lot of the resources that are needed right here in the United States, but we should be able to get at them. And that's been a bit of a problem. And when it comes to some rare earth minerals, a lot of that, it turns out, may very well be right here in the state of Wyoming. That could certainly help out. Okay, so the story in front of me said, and this is part opinion piece, all right? In uh, While the U.S. sends more weapons to Ukraine and Israel, the military stockpile of munitions is starting to run low. So they're explaining how the government's reserve of rare earth minerals needed to produce more is dwindling. There are 17 metallic elements essential for making a variety of modern-day weapons. Those same resources are critical, the story says, to making vehicles, jet fighters, tanks, submarines, as well as radar, sonar technology. Rare earth minerals have been used in high-power laser weapons, too. So, quote, rare earth play a key role in our daily lives, but... They're particularly important for the defense of our nation as well. And now we do get a lot of this right now from overseas when, again, we have so much of it at home and even here in the state of Wyoming. Story says at the peak of the Cold War, U.S. had stored some of these minerals valued about $42 billion, And now that supply is down to about $888 million. From $42 billion to $888 million. We're talking dollars here. And the U.S. is responsible for about 14% of global rare earth mining. China controls 90% of it, of the world's rare earth processing and two-thirds of global mining efforts. Quote, since 2000, China has cornered the market on rare earth production along with high-tech companies that depend on rare earth. So today, the story says they are controlling more than 90% of the global supply, and that should give us all pause. Story says Beijing has made moves to hold on to a monopoly of technologies made, rare earth magnets, things like that, to extract the critical minerals necessary. China's uh, superiority in this space has become a major concern for U.S. officials as relationship between the two nations become increasingly strained. Our national security is threatened by this growing reliance on foreign sources, the author says. And then there's a defense analysis that goes with it as well. So again, I think a lot of this, what I'm reading here in this piece, which is, yeah, again, it's kind of separated into two parts. On one hand, it's a news part, but then later on, as you were hearing there, I got into more of the opinion piece on it. But I would have to say that, yeah, a lot of this can be solved by what is here in the United States if we're allowed to go for it. And a lot of extracting rare earth minerals, Wyoming could be a big part of that, as you always hear me say. So let's make sure the bureaucracy doesn't get too involved if you find something in Wyoming, it should not be a 10 to 15 year process if we find that we have something worth going for. Some of that I know I've read stories about uh, around the Douglas area, around the Newcastle area, up into the Black Hills as some of the areas. And then there was a story about a coal plant in Wyoming or a coal mine in Wyoming, which has the ability to also provide us with quite a few. And I think that was up in the Sheridan area, if I remember right. So that's just some of what's available here in the United States that could 
tip the balance on the problem where China is controlling 90% of it right now. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, we're going to roll into news time after that. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject fine by me. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. Uh, credit card and auto loan delinquencies, a big problem right now. And I'll explain why. It's not just that people are stupid with their money, though that is part of it. There's some other problem as well. So wake up my own. Say to Glenn, use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Get your opinion straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I, sometimes I, I read into this. Like, okay, finances. God, what a boring topic. Okay, but this I think is kind of important. Uh, credit card and auto loans. Bad idea. Uh, really, I do like that we have a program on, on these radio stations later in the day, which is all about Dave Ramsey. It's all about how to manage and not get into debt. Debt is dumb, he says. Okay, well, yeah, a lot of people have been leaning on their credit cards because they don't have, well, inflation has been a problem. So that's that's one thing. But then there's also this other problem. When it comes to car loans, I really feel uh, bad for a lot of auto dealers here in the state of Wyoming because of car loans. Because trying to get a car, they're expensive enough as it is. But then if you take a look at trying to finance one of those, wow, holy cow. And so a lot of people are defaulting on their car loans right about now. Well, hang on. If I can, I'll get back to that. But right now, Marianne is on the phone from Wheatland. Morning, Marianne. Good morning, Glenn. Um, I just want to make a comment about the rare earth minerals. Yeah. I believe that the time that the uh, Clintons were in the White House during their administration, they allowed China to buy quite a bit of the rare earth minerals. Here in the United States, you mean? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to go back and take a look at that. They allowed them, so that's how come they have accumulated so much power on that end, and we continue to uh, allocate everything to them and, and, of course, other countries around the world. But okay. they, they certainly, you know, have have a corner on that right now, right. and well, you alluded to that. Yeah, what would definitely help here in the United States is when we find rare earth minerals, and you're in Wheatland, some have been found not yes, too far from where you are. And so if that's the case and they, someone would like to mine for those minerals, then do not make this a long bureaucratic process. Let's go for it. Correct. And also, uh, they located quite a lot of the rare minerals, earth minerals, up in the Sheridan area. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, so they, are, they are through our state, and I agree with you. And we've got to start, you know, really watching who we're voting in 
in the politician as politicians yeah. and and as governorship and that sort of thing. We're finding out that they're not everybody. Everybody isn't what they pretend to be. Yeah, especially in politics. All right, thank you, Marianne. I appreciate it. She's calling in from Wheatland. So, all right. Uh, since I was talking about cars again, I really feel bad for car dealers out there right now. Inventory can be low. Prices are really high, even on used cars. Financing makes it even higher. And a lot of people are defaulting on their car loans because they can't keep up with this. In fact, I, they were low, last year, they were, but late last year, I did an entire program, almost this entire four-hour show, just looking at car prices today. Pickup truck prices, things that used to be affordable. Right, and one of the stories that I covered earlier this morning, and this does come uh, also from Cowboy State Daily, and I wrote a story up on it too, but two Wyoming car dealers have dropped Buick over their EV policy. So here's the gist of the story. You will find it on our site. Uh, Miss Mary, if she hasn't alerted it out, will at, at some point. But, okay, here's the deal. Buick has decided that by 2035... They're going to produce and sell nothing but electric vehicles. To me, that's Buick basically committing suicide. Really. General Motors doesn't want to be in business anymore. Now, dealerships across the country, before just in the last month, by the last month, I should say, of 2023, Buick had GM had already lost about a 1,000 dealerships. I think the number was... Almost half, almost half of their dealerships said, forget it. Because those dealerships were told, if you want to be a Buick, a Buick dealership, you have to carry all electric cars that we're going to send you. And those dealerships said, forget it. Here in Wyoming, two dealerships just dropped them. So as we get into 2024, it's now over, over half of Buick dealerships are no longer going to be affiliated with Buick. They're just dropping out. And they're doing this because they're being told they have to take a car that's not selling all that well. Now, in Wyoming, electric vehicles sell but barely. In some other markets, they sell a little bit better, but still, most of the inventory that arrives just sits there on the lot. They're already getting overloaded with inventory that's not going to move, so why would they want more of it? Why would they be forced then? Why would they allow themselves to take nothing but all electric vehicles when the ones that they have barely sell? And that's despite the fact there's tax breaks, there's subsidies, these prices have been slashed dramatically, all of that's going on, yet still they have a hard time moving these vehicles. And we've been through all the reasons why. Still the prices are outrageously high and the vehicles, as you've seen, have not really been all that reliable, especially when it gets really cold out there. We saw that this winter, especially in places like Illinois when they had that big freeze up there. But we've been through all of that. You get the idea. So a letter has gone out from about a, and I think it's, I'm, I'm trying to remember how many dealerships around the country. I think it was like uh, over a thousand. There's numbers in my story. But dealerships around the country, just all our dealerships in general, have sent a letter to the Biden administration, which I don't think he'll listen to. Would you please stop this EV mandate nonsense? You're killing us, is essentially what the letter says. All right. We'll see. I don't think the Biden administration will do anything on that. They're still pushing for it. But 942, wake up my own. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 
is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Of course, I have to ask the question. Frank, how far have you gotten? I can see Devil's Tower. It's right there. Wow. Okay. That's a great view to do your sports report from. Okay. I want to give credit to a very clever kid. This kid was given a science project, and he was supposed to do a study for a science project for a science fair, right? Okay. Okay. His study, how much turmoil does a science project cause? <laughs> Materials. A lot. Okay, so for, some, yes. none. So first off, under the category of materials, at least one kid, at least one grudging parent, half-baked idea of various dubious merit, and lots of procrastination. So those are the elements that go in, okay? <laughs> okay. okay. There is a graph here. Yelling and crying, and the more time spent on the project and the closer to the due date, the more lying and crying. Right. Okay, that just goes on up. Okay, 75% of kids cry, 90% of parents yell. An average of 15 hours of family, quality family time is sacrificed. I like where this kid's going with this. And then, and think about it. This is in a science fair that he put this up in front of all of the teachers to see, and the judges too. Finally, his findings. Everyone hates science fairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't see anywhere on this poster board that the kid won any award for this. But Frank, if I were judging the science fair. That's an immediate blue ribbon. Yeah, give, give him honorable mention at least. Yeah, at least. Well, you think about it. What in there? This is a true scientific study. What in there can you say that he got wrong? Nothing, really. No, not no. a thing. No, no. So you would have to say that his study was accurate and based on real-life experiences. And I would even have to say that his conclusion is right up to except. Maybe except for one really dorky kid that's going to end up making millions of dollars off of some invention and shaming the rest of us when he actually achieves something with his life that we never did. Other than that kid who we all hate and everybody wants to beat up, I would say that nobody likes doing science fairs, and yet we do them all the time anyway. I know. I, I once got honorable mention at a science fair in grade school, and the project didn't even work. But at least they got at least they got A for effort. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. The project didn't even work, but you... <laughs> no, what, 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 what it was is yeah. I had this cardboard wheel, uh -huh. and I put rubber bands all over in the middle like spokes. Yes. And then I heated it with a lamp, and supposedly when the, when the rubber bands got hot, it would turn the wheel. I see. But it didn't. It didn't turn anything. No, no. okay. <laughs> Men's College Hoops, another bad shooting performance from the Wyoming Cowboys. They're losing at home to number 25, New Mexico, last night, 91-73. Two games in a row, it's been uh, the Cowboys have bricked it from the three-point line against UNLV on Saturday. And then again last night, the Cowboys were 6 of 26 from three. They shot 28% from the floor in the first half. They were down 15 at the break. This was a game Wyoming never led, and New Mexico rang up 51 points in the second half. Wyoming uh, just seems to take two steps forward and two steps backwards, so they're 5-5 five five in Mountain West play, 12-11 overall. Brendan Wenzel had 20, and Sam Griffin had 19. 
Mason Walters was just 3 of 12 in the field. UW has some time off. They won't play until Wednesday in Laramie against Utah State. Our I mean, Cowgirl basketball team hosting Utah State tonight in Laramie. And the Cowgirls are 8-2 and two in Mountain West play after that narrow win back over Nevada back on Saturday in Laramie. Wasn't their best game, but a win is a win. So the Cowgirls are 13-8 and eight overall. And tonight is certainly a winnable game from UW's point of view as Utah State is last in the Mountain West at 1-9 and nine and 4-17 and overall. That's a 6-30 start from the AA this evening. Girls High School basketball from Friday. Kelly Walsh over Evanston 43-20. to Cheyenne rolling along, beating Sheridan 46-33. Laramie is 10-5 after a 57-51 over Thunder Basin. Uh, Cheyenne South losing to Campbell County 59-32. Cheyenne Central over in the Trona 60-53. Upton over KC 52-11. Right beat Glenrock 31-21. And Douglas Big over Burns 68-33. And then on Saturday, East. Beat Natrona 51-29. East is now 16-2 on the year, and the Natrona falls to 3-12. Cheyenne Central went over Sheridan 48-34. Central is 13-4. Thunder Basin beat Cheyenne South 53-41. So South is 4-12. Kelly Walsh over Green River 57-42. And they are, the Trojans are 6-10. And, and Glenrock a winner over Moorcroft 55-50. And the Lady Herders are now 4-8. High school wrestling. East will be at Cheyenne's will be at Cheyenne Central for a duel tonight. The Miller Cup when the Toronto and Kelly Walsh will be tomorrow, as well as South will be traveling over to Larry for a wrestling duel. And that's it in sports. Any UFOs landing or hovering around the tower? No, you know what, Glenn? I'm, I'm waiting for one Einstein to say this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they build Devil's Tower closer to the interstate? See, I, you know. I, you would think after that. I mean, I, that would make a whole lot of sense. I like that picture I've seen. You know, the big meteor. Where is that state, Arizona? The big meteor hole. And they have that oh, yeah. little tourist uh, building next to it so you can go down there. And someone mm-hmm. wrote next to a picture of that, oh, my God, that meteor almost hit that building. <laughs> <laughs> Drive careful, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.